0: Thanks for listening to the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry, here to help educate, motivate, and put you on the right path to take control of your health through weekly discussions on topics in the medical field, public health arena, and in your community. And now, your host, Dr. Barry. Hey, everybody, it's Dr. Barry here. Welcome to another episode of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. I'm on episode Thirty-seven, and as we do with every episode if you want the show notes please go to drpierresblog.com forward slash llp 037 again if you want today's show notes you know the website is drpierresblog.com forward slash llp 037 today today's a great episode i think all of my episodes are all are great but you know today's another great episode and we're going to be talking about five chest pain that can kill you right five types of chest pain that if you get them and you don't get to the hospital quick enough you will die right and again we don't want to you know make these episodes really about life or death but I gotta be honest um with the recent hurricanes and um, I'm in South Florida remember so Ralph all the recent hurricanes and stuff I'm seeing Um, I'm having a lot of people walking in with different types of chest pain, chest discomfort for various reasons. The most important thing is that you have people who really don't do nothing for most of the year in in terms of, you know, any strenuous activity. And then when the hurricane comes around, everyone wants to, you know, put up shutters. Everyone wants to, you know, rake the uh, yards and, you know, do all this physical and manual labor you know that is very you know uh stressful to the heart especially a heart that's not working but so we're going to be talking about five different types of chest pains that can kill you so you know that if you you get some chest pain some chest discomfort that you don't just sit home and you know try to take an avil or a tylenol try to you know just kind of sleep it off so get ready for another great episode on the lunch and learn with dr barry Alright, so it is episode 37, and again, I'm ecstatic that you guys have been around this long. You know, you for those who have been following me ever since uh, my blogging days, I still blog, but those who have been following me on my blogging days, had to see that, you know, we've transformed and that we're educating and learning through this medium called podcasting is absolutely amazing. So today we're going to be talking about chest pain. In particular, we're going to be talking about five types of chest pain. Cause there's a lot of them, but we're gonna be talking about five types of chest pain that can land you in the hospital and kill you, right? And I gotta be honest, I gotta say kill you, right? Because a lot of people don't respond with, well, five types of chest pain, you know that that you should go to the hospital for. No, 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 no. This is five types of chest pain that if you don't get it taken care of, you will die, right? And we gotta be as explicit as we can especially when it comes to our health right when it comes to our health right you know we got to put pride to the side and we got to say i need to take care of me i got people i got to that depend on me uh, to do well and be well and be healthy and we we've seen especially you know time and time again you know the, the amount of money you have the amount of time you work means absolutely nothing if you are not healthy right so again we're talking about five types of chest pain today that if you don't take care of it, and I mean take care of it immediately, it will kill you, right? So, number one, right? First one, number one, go ahead, write this down if you want. Uh, first one is the heart attack, right? The one that everyone knows, right? It is the one that you get that crushing, you know, pain that's in your chest. You know, when you tend to ball up your fists, some people get that feeling where their their hands and fingertips are numb. Usually they say it goes to the left side. And usually the reason why I say it goes to the left side is because a lot of the TV says it goes to the left side. But again, uh, there's been studies that show that a lot of the pain tends to go to the right as well. There's really no rhyme or reason why it should automatically go to the left unless you just happen to say it's going to the left. Right. So for a lot of people, number one, a heart attack is the main cause. And when I tell you about. The symptoms of a heart attack, it can vary, right? It can vary just depending on your medical history. It can vary depending with your male or your female, depending on your age and what you're doing. But in particular, with this types of uh, pain, especially from the heart attack, you know, you tend to get that gripping, that quote unquote elephant sitting on my chest, that tightness, that pressure, that's just kind of right there that does not seem to go anywhere and when sometimes some people get like the sweating involved i get a lot of my patients who come to see me and they say you know i just started having this pain discomfort you know while i was like either lying down or while i was maybe doing some work doing some work around the house if you listen to the intro you know i talked about how in south florida a lot of my patients are getting ready for hurricanes and they're putting up shutters and they're doing all of this strenuous work that is a lot of work like, I'll be honest, it's a lot of work, but they're, then and they're not used to it, right? Like, majority of the year, again, if you know South Florida, like I know South Florida, Florida in general, but if you know South Florida in particular, a lot of these people don't do no type of work, you know, most of the year, right, until... It comes when a hurricane, and until you gotta put that shutters up. Until wife is nagging at you, that, hey, go put them shutters up and protect my house, right? That's the only time they really start doing strenuous work. And then they start doing that strenuous work. They start climbing up the stairs more, and you know they, they're climbing up ladders, you know, to put the shutters up. And then they get a heart attack. And I was talking to one of my ER docs, and he actually said that the same thing kind of happens a lot up north, especially when it comes with a, you know, a, a a snowstorm is coming around, right? Once a snowstorm is coming around and, you know, people have to start shoveling snow, you have a lot of people who end up, you know, dropping dead or, you know, having that chest pain and end up in the hospital as well. Because, again, they spend that whole year really not doing anything about, you know, from a physical activity standpoint. And all of a sudden they take their body to the max. Right. They take their heart. To the max. So, uh, chest pain due to heart attack is my number one example of something you got to do to take care of. Right. And if you get that chest pain, you get that chest discomfort, and they come to see you in the hospital, and they say, "Hey, yeah, you're having a heart attack." There's a there's lots of different ways to treat it. just kind of depends on one what type of heart attack you're having, how severe the heart attack you're having. Again, we can leave that. We can we can make heart attacks a full episode in and of itself. But you know it varies whether it's medications, whether you have to put, uh, you know, what we call cardiac stents in your chest, which is pretty much uh, a, a stent that's used to keep the vessel open because a part of it is closed. And when you think about heart attacks in the in the you know the general sense of thing, think about a part of your heart tissue not getting blood flow, and Causing you that pain, right? Whether it be due to like a, a plaque buildup, or you know, uh, just because you you've been exerting yourself so much uh, that your heart can't keep up with the demand of it, you know, those are some reasons why you have the heart attack in and of itself. And you, a lot of times, some of my patients uh, will receive what we call a cardiac stent to kind of keep, you know, that those blood flow areas open, so that heart can get blood flow and not die and not cause you that pain or discomfort, right? So definitely something. To think Think, think about when we're thinking about chest pain right and most people when they come to the hospital most people when they come to the hospital and they're talking about chest pain that's what they're always concerned about like doc am i having a heart attack dr barry am i having a heart attack and that's what they always want to you know like that's the first thing you always want to know and i can tell you majority of time if you go to the hospital you say hey i think i am having a heart attack or i'm thinking i'm having chest pain that may be a heart attack trust me you are staying in that hospital because the er doctor is not going to let you leave right until they know for sure you're in having a heart attack, right? So that's number one, right? And that's one of the most important ones. But again, I talked about five different ways, uh, five different types of chest pain that can kill you, not just one. Number two is a diagnosis or a disease called aortic dissection, right? And what an aortic dissection is, is actually a vessel, which is a large vessel, you know, that works with the cardiovascular system, you know, that will actually tear open, And cause what most patients will describe as this like sharp knife-like pain that's stabbing in the back, right? So again... All chest pains are not the same chest pains, but five of these chest pains can kill you, right? So number two is aortic dissection, right? For my patients who get this aortic dissections, again, they complain of this this shortness of breath. They're tired. They're weak. But they really tend to complain a lot about this knife-like pain again remember i'm trying to explain it knife like pain that goes to the back that feels like feels like someone stabbing a knife through their chest that's going towards the back and for those patients again you got to get them in the hospital quickly right because most of those patients will tend to need surgery that's that's a big surgery that you need to have done sooner rather than later and and the reason why that's so big thing, because you have this part of the vessel, part of the cardiovascular system that uh, used to be used to be getting blood flow with no problem. All of a sudden you have an area of blood flow that the blood flow is kind of backing up and kind of tearing apart. And I could tell you for my patients who let this slide, letting an aortic dissection happen or, aortic dissection, or a rupture type aneurysm happen. Results in about 75% of deaths, right? If you have an aortic dissection or if you have an aortic aneurysm that tends to burst, 75% of the time you will not make it. So again, remember the symptoms, right? This shortness of breath, this chest pain, this knife-like sensation that feels like it's going towards my back. I unfortunately had one patient uh, when I was a resident, a young person, right? And this person was complaining of chest pain, complaining shortness of breath, but he also talked about how he passed out. That is another concern for patients who are having a dissection, that not only they have chest pain, chest discomfort, they actually pass out as well, right? So that's something we want to think about when we think about your dissection. And I can tell you in the ER doctor's uh, world, in the emergency room, I can tell you on the the hospital floor in my internal medicine uh, world, we are always concerned about something like a dissection happening, right? So that's something we will rule out quickly as possible, right? So that's number two, right? Number one, we talked about the heart attack or the acute coronary syndrome. Number two is aortic dissection. Number three is the pulmonary embolism. This is very, Uh, Very popular I would say right now And you probably Especially you probably don't even think about it You probably have not missed a commercial That have not talked about the treatment And we're going to talk about the treatment in a second But a pulmonary embolism Is a blood clot In the lung, right? A pulmonary embolism is a blood clot in the lung. And the problem with a pulmonary embolism in the lung is that it causes chest pain, but it also causes shortness of breath. And if it's severe enough, it can cause heart damage as well, depending on how big the pulmonary embolism is. So what's a scenario for a person who may develop a pulmonary embolism? If you've recently had surgery and... You are just kind of bed bound for, you know, a week, two weeks, three weeks. That's a risk factor for having pulmonary embolism. If for my for my young women, young women who are started on oral contraceptives, a.k.a. birth control pills, they are at risk, especially. And I don't know why you would do it. You know, for those who've been following me know I hate this. If you are smoking cigarettes while you are taking birth control pills, you are at risk for having an increased chance of getting a pulmonary embolism, which is a blood clot in the lungs, which causes shortness of breath. And the reason why it causes shortness of breath, if we think about it, I already talked about number one being the heart attack, where you have this lack of blood flow in this tissue that dies. Number three, the pulmonary, pulmonary embolism. When we talk about a blood clot in the lungs, the same premise happens blood flow that is supposed to get to a certain area of the lung which is supposed to carry good oxygenated blood to the lung does not happen so that's the problem with a pulmonary embolism because you start having areas of the lung that don't get enough oxygenated blood to it and you get what shorter breath and then you what happens you get chest pain you get chest discomfort and if it's severe enough you get heart damage heart failure and What is the title of this episode? Death. So again, all of these three things I just talked about so far will lead to death if you do not take care of it. So pulmonary embolism and the treatment for pulmonary embolism is a lot of these commercials that you see for atrial fibrillation. Um, For patients who are, uh, for people who are, you know, sports fans, you understand that Chris Bosch has suffered from multiple pulmonary embolisms. Why? Because he had a risk that he actually traveled. So again, I talked about that person who's been bed bound after surgery, but let's say you like to travel. Let's say you're a traveler and you actually go out of town and you're on a flight for three, four, five, six hours at a time, or you're taking a, a, tri- a road trip in the United States and you go from South Florida, Tallahassee, Florida, South Florida, Panama City, Florida, South Florida to Navarre, Florida, Florida, if you do one of those things and you don't get up you don't move you have the risk of getting a blood clot uh in uh the feet and the lungs as well right but in particular we're talking about the lungs right now so definitely something you must be mindful of and when we talk about treatments the treatment course is actually blood thinners for those who've been following Chris Bosch one of the reasons why he had to um Retire or couldn't play for the Miami Heat was because of the medications that he needed to treat the blood clot in his lungs. Was a blood thinning medication, which meant that if anything would have happened on the basketball court, whether he got hit in the head, you know, by an elbow, where he fell to the ground and he started bleeding, it'd be extremely difficult to stop the bleeding. Right, so that's why they actually had to uh, refrain from him. Uh, playing basketball because the medication and the treatment you're on makes that your blood so thin that if you get a cut you're not just going to stop like normal people, right? You you learn very quickly how important and how well the body works. If you're on a blood thinning medication, you get a cut. You keep on bleeding until you put some immense pressure on it. Whereas now, if, if you're not on any of those types of medications, you get a cut. After a couple of minutes, your body does that job for it, right? So that's something to think about. Again, we're talking about number one, the heart attack. That can kill you. Number two, aortic dissection. That can kill you. Number three, pulmonary embolism that can kill you number four number four is what and we're still in talking about the lung is called a pneumothorax right so number four is a pneumothorax and what that is and what it causes is shortness of breath it causes uh, weakness it causes chest pain and what happens is that your lung if uh, for those who who want to kind of think about it your lung actually burst and a uh, part of the the way the lung works is that when you take a deep breath in, you take a breath out. The air stays in the lung and it doesn't go anywhere else, right? Uh, but what tends to happen in patients with the pneumothorax, again something that can kill you, right? Your lung actually collapses in and of itself, right? It boom, it drops, and so you only have instead of two lungs opening and closing, getting breath in and getting breath out, because of that burst, air, it actually shrinks and does not expand. And we, what we consider a pneumothorax, it actually closes in on itself. And this could be life-threatening again, because why? Because it's, it's, it's part of the five that I talked about, but it's life-threatening because if you're not getting enough oxygen to inside, if you're not being able to take a deep breath in and take a deep breath out, you're gonna have some problems, right? Again, your your heart's not gonna be able to get enough blood. Your lungs are not gonna be able to give enough blood. Your oxygen uh, craving muscles are not gonna be give, getting enough blood, right? So it's extremely, extremely, extremely important, right? Uh, especially when we talk about the pneumothorax and you know, in in that in that sense, from a treatment standpoint, to make sure we're getting it take care of. Because for like unlike the other four, um, three that we talked about, the pneumothorax is actually treated, and for patients who you know may experience it or may have a, a family member who has, you actually have to put a chest tube in the patient's uh, you know lung cavity, right, to try to uh, re-expand that lung, right. This is not a laughing matter. This is not something uh, that you're going to be able to kind of sleep it off of. And I've had many a patients, whether it be a smoker, whether it be someone who does not have any lung disease, but maybe they're young and they were doing a lot of coughing and all of a sudden that lung, poof, burst and then collapsed on itself. You know, these there are different ways to get the pneumothorax, uh, but there's not that many ways to treat it, right? Um, unless we're talking about surgery and everything else from the sun. And another reason, let's say, again, you're in the wrong place at the wrong time and you get stabbed uh, in the chest. You have the risk and what usually, uh, you know, causes the demise for people who get stabbed and particularly in the chest and not even in the heart, but stabbed particularly in the chest is because their lungs collapse on them. That's that's really the big thing. Their lung actually collapses. So you have what used to be the work of two lungs is only supplied by the work of one lung. And that one lung can't do it all by itself. It doesn't do a great job. And if you're under stress and anxiety, you're gonna make it worse and then the problems will arise, right? So number four, the pneumothorax. Again, let's make sure we're caught up on what we need to do. Uh, We talked about number one, we talked about the heart attack, the acute coronary syndrome. Number two, we talked about aortic dissection. Uh, Again, another cause for this chest pain that can and will kill you. Number three, we talked about the pulmonary embolism. Think about Chris Bosch. Think about the blood clot in the lung that is not letting me get oxygenated blood to the system. Number four, the pneumothorax. This is the collapsed lung. This is the lung where if someone stabs you in the chest, your lung collapses. This is the lung where if you're a smoker, COPD, asthma, you run the risk of having a quote-unquote collapsed lung or pneumothorax. That's the last one. So that's, that's number four. But last but not least... Esophageal rupture, right? And for those who may not be aware from an anatomy standpoint, the esophagus is the tube that when we eat goes from our mouth to our stomach, right? It's a very small, thin tube made of a smooth muscle that helps get food from the mouth to the stomach and i can tell you i've had a very sad case i was a resident i believe yeah i was a resident i believe and this patient came in and they were sick and they were coughing they were coughing and they were coughing and then they were vomiting and then all of a sudden they passed out they got sick Now, if you're paying attention, you're thinking, wow, is this like that aortic dissection where a person like has some chest pain and, you know, passed out? No, this is different, right? Aortic chest, the aortic dissection, doesn't matter if you're eating or drinking, that's not going to affect the pain you have. But this is a lady who kept coughing, kept coughing, kept coffin and then all of a sudden she had this bout of vomit and then all of a sudden she got extremely sick. What happened when we brought her into the hospital? When we got her into the hospital, what happened? We do our plane our and when I say we are emergency room medicine folks who, you know, do an amazing job, we do our chest we do our chest x ray and we see not only is there air where there's not supposed to be air, but it's also like a piece of broccoli. Like where her lungs are supposed to be right and that is an extremely 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 big problem if you think about it you hope you're not taking it for granted but you may take for granted that when you eat some food it goes down to the stomach right a lot of people may take that for granted but i take care of a lot of patients who that process does not work and we almost have to sometimes bypass the mouth and give them nutrition in their stomach right that's neither here or there But when we talk about the esophageal rupture, what happens is because of all of the forceful retching and forceful pressure on the esophagus, or sometimes depending on certain types of food, uh, because of that forceful nature of that, that results in the patient's esophagus actually rupturing, right? And again, that is extremely, extremely life-threatening. So it's not something that We we can even, you know, take for granted because if you don't do anything, uh, the the problems will and can arise. Right. And that's surgical emergency. Right. Like I don't have to um, explain to you why. It's it's extremely important to make sure uh, that you go uh, to the hospital immediately because of that, because if you do not do anything, um, you will pass away and you will die. Right. Like, I, And I think, again, again, I don't like to be morbid. You get my my goal is to prevent the preventable death, right? And chest pain is one of the big causes of preventable death that if we do something about it, and we do something about it quick enough, we can survive it. But what tends to happen and a lot of patients in my community, a lot of patients I've taken care of, they're very reluctant to come to the doctor's office. Or they're very reluctant to come to the emergency. So imagine if they're reluctant to come to the, the their regular doctor's office. How, do you, how hard do you think it is for me to get them uh, to come to the hospital? Right. So, again, and I, I've been. When I when I made a transition, again, for those who've been following the Lunch Learn uh, when we were just on the video, for those who made a transition, you know, I was big on the outpatient world and I'm still big on the outpatient world. Right. And even with these podcasts, I like to make sure, you know, the topic helps kind of intertwine outpatient inpatient. But I really felt that I had to do something from a. Uh, inpatient uh, perspective because I was seeing so much of it in the hospital. I was seeing so much uh, pain, discomfort, and heart attacks, and all these other different types of chest pain that I was having to treat. So I wanted to make sure, you know, that I, I got to the bottom of it for everyone just to make sure we were all clear that this was not something that we can brush off. Right. So let's do a recap again. We take today, we talked about D5. Common, now I don't want to say common, but we'll just say five top reasons that if you have chest pain, this chest pain can kill you, right? So, five reasons, right? Number one, if you remember, again, if you're writing, make sure you write this down acute coronary syndrome, aka the heart attack. And number two, an aortic dissection. Number three, the pulmonary embolism. Number four, the pneumothorax, and number five, esophageal rupture. Those are five. And again, there's a couple more, but I really wanted to focus on you know these five because I unfortunately saw these five. You know, I didn't see all five of these, thank God. Um, But I, I saw a majority of them pretty recently, and so I wanted to make sure, especially for those who. You know' be, you're, we're still bracing for the storm I think we got like a month or two left of uh, hurricane season right so we're still bracing uh, for these storms here so you know those who are pretty active or those who may be up north and they're pretty active and you know uh, winter time's coming so you know the snow is about to come and uh, you haven't done any physical activity especially your your, your parents and your grandparents and everybody else uh, make sure they start doing some physical activity now so they can get used to it uh, so something adverse does not happen to them, right, and that is it, right, so I'm going to see you guys next week, Uh, again, if you want the notes uh, for today's episode, please go to drpierceblogcom forward slash LLP037, again, if you want today's show notes, please go to drpierceblogcom forward slash LLP037, don't forget to leave me a review on iTunes, a five-star review, preferably, you guys have a great day, bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Lunch and Learn with Dr. Barry. I want to say thanks again for all that you guys do and all of your support and all of your listens. So I want you to kind of keep on keeping on with going ahead and sharing today's episode. Go ahead and subscribe to the podcast. If you're not already subscribed to the podcast, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook all at the same name, Lunch. Learn Pod, and I'll go to the website again, lunchlearnpod.com for all of the episodes if you've missed one. And again, I'm at all of the favorite podcast apps: Google Play, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and of course Apple Podcasts. Where I would love a five star review, and and tell me what you think about today's episode. I would love to hear it. So I'll see you guys next week. Bye.